You're listening to the Hero Up Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Welcome to the podcast. So today we are joined again by Blake and Eric from Stratum Fitness, formerly of CrossFit Society. You may know them. They're from uh, one of our most popular podcasts about two years ago. So it's great to have you guys back. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Great, great to be back. Thank you, Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. You got it. You got it. And so two years ago when we first did this, the gym was a much smaller place. You've gone through two different expansions. Blake got married. Eric's getting married. Yep. And Blake has puppies now. Mm-hmm. So lots of change the last two years. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, what to say? I don't know. I think... Uh, and you can make Eric, you can make Blake hold the mic. You don't I like have to hold the, it for him. If you're, watching, if you're watching on video, Eric, Eric is like the recorder. <laughs> what, may we swear on this uh, podcast? If you don't swear, it would be really fucking bad. I was just going to say, Eric's going to have to be my bitch the whole time and hold the mic, but he handed it off to me. That's technically you know, a swear, but that's okay. okay whatever. Um, in any case, yeah, I don't know. I think that we're we're going through a lot of the natural changes the in, in life that anyone goes through when they mature. And, you know, obviously this uh, gym and community is a... Uh, <laughs> Is a it's big, funny when Blake says the word mature. <laughs> it's a, a big project of ours, and we're just always trying to find ways to improve. And there's natural uh, challenges and overcoming of challenges that takes place through that process. And so right. we've gotten a lot accomplished, but we also have a lot of other things that we want to get accomplished. Yep. And that's just kind of where we're at in the world. Right on. And uh, for those of you uh, watching or listening, there is a video attached to this. This is actually the only video, the only podcast I've ever done on video. So we'll see how this all turns out. Um, <laughs> One thing I wanted to, the biggest thing I wanted to talk about with you guys today is like, you know, we spent a lot of time at the Hero Up Summit last weekend talking about alignment and getting aligned with your beliefs, getting aligned with what you're here to do in life and getting aligned with your purpose. And you two are really the the biggest embodiment I know personally of people who are pretty aligned with their beliefs and how that translates into their work environment. So I wanted to uh, take you back a little bit in time and tell us a little bit about what it was like when you first opened the gym. I want to know um, that first conversation. I don't know who said it to who, but, but who had the idea to do it? And what was that first conversation like when you told the other person? Because you guys have been friends since you were six or five or whatever. So I think I was the one that uh, brought it up to Blake first initially. It's um, Eric's fault. This is awesome. <laughs> Eric gets 100% of the credit. Sorry, Blake. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, it started out where it was like kind of more of just uh, – this would be really cool if this happened type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't know if it was a real possibility. Um, we were both super young at the time. We were about 22 or so. Uh, it just started as like a kind of casual conversation of like, maybe we could do this. Maybe we couldn't like, I don't know. Um, where were you at that time? Where, where were you both working? Where were you both living? Um, so it was, for me, it was just post-college. Uh, he still had another year, right? Mm-hmm. So you were still going for another year. Um, I just graduated from San Diego State. And then uh, actually was travel. I went traveling for my first job. And I think I brought it up to you first when I was abroad. Did I not? Uh, uh, probably. When I, I was have a hard time remembering. It was probably more of a... <clears throat> we would... It, it was probably like more of a conceptual idea than, than it was anything, uh, passing off the mics here, then it was anything set in stone. It was more of like a, this would be awesome if, you know, if this were to happen and, but there wasn't anything really set in stone. Um, though Eric did eventually like kind of say like, Hey, I'm moving forward on this thing. He had stuff in the works. And at that point, you know, I was, I had him, uh, finishing up college, 
Um, and, uh, was really just kind of in a position where I was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? you like moving forward. I was already coaching at a facility. My life was in large part consumed by being in, you know, in this culture of fitness and, and working on myself. And I was again, coaching at another facility. So I already had a good sense as to what that part of the, the coin looked like. Did you have um, any idea what you wanted to do for work? You know, I, I mean, I knew I wanted to do this because I was already in, in it and I loved it. Um, but I also like, you know, my parents are very realistic people and reasonable and they, neither of them have experiences in being entrepreneurs and they, you know, both worked. What do they do? Uh, my dad, it works for the federal government as a lawyer. He's a federal prosecutor and my mom is a teacher. So she's employed by the state. Federal prosecutor? Federal prosecutor. That's good to know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so with that, like they were, they were just apprehensive that like, do you really know what you're getting in, uh, getting into and, and, you know, taking on this pursuit or, you know, we had a lot of dialogues with that. Um, And the the honest answer is absolutely not. I had no idea what it was. And uh, that was a, that was a very quick reality. Just like how much more to the, the, the whole problem of owning a a successful business and whatnot, um, how much there was to that. And, uh, we've worked really hard to kind of get a, get our feet under us in in terms of that stuff. But we've always believed really strongly in the service that we provide. And now it's just making it accessible and refining it to the best of our ability so we can spread everyone. Um, along those lines, go ahead, Eric. I was going to say for me, um, I did dabble a little bit with the corporate world. So like my first job was more of a corporate position. What did you do? And I was working for Jim Beam. So it was complete opposite spectrum of what we do now. Um, but that was my first job that I took in, in Spain. So when I was saying I went abroad, that's, that's where I, that's where I went was Madrid. Um, but I think going through that process made me quickly realize that I didn't want to be in that world. Um, I could kind of see like just where, everything was going and how there's the whole, just kind of the cookie cutter, you know, process for everybody. Um, and that's probably partly what spurred on this type of thought, I guess, was that I just didn't want to do that for the next 10, 15 years of my life or whatever. Right. 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 So, um, so we started talking about it and then, and then, uh, it was at a unique time, I think for both of us where we could just like take that risk and if it failed then didn't really matter. You right. Know, right, like right. We were young enough to where it was like, we didn't have, uh, we weren't married or whatever at the time. We didn't have kids. Like it was, there was, you know, minimal responsibilities. So in that first conversation with Blake or as you guys were starting to talk about it, was there any point where you were like, wow, like, I don't like, you know, this guy's been my best friend for however long. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be weird if he just says no? Or, I mean, did you have any trepidation at all bringing it up to Blake at, in the beginning or were you just kind of like, no, that didn't really cross my mind at all. Um, to me, it felt like I had to do more like convincing, I think <laughs> initially. Right. Cause I knew, I knew like Blake was talking about with his, with his parents and everything too. Like I knew that that would be like a leap of faith in some aspects. Um, for me, it didn't seem like as like crazy. Cause I was like, well, you know, like I said, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then we do something else type of thing. Um, and I think that, like I remember having conversations like with your dad and stuff about it. Like, oh, I you talked to his dad? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> like there had to be. Can, some... can Blake join my business? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember you know, I, I had spoken with your dad a little bit, uh, or we had been going like back and forth with talking with your dad about it and stuff. And like, uh, I just knew that you know it was it was kind of a risky thing, quote unquote. Um, sure. So. Well, because most businesses fail in the first year and most business, you know, like fitness businesses are very much like restaurants where like 95% of them fail. So I know that you guys are always 
you know, you're, you're so hundred percent focused on the business and growing the business and making it good for all of us who come here. But you should take a minute to take to, to just realize like you are by far the anomaly. First of all, most, yeah. most friendships don't last partnerships. <laughs> most businesses fail. Almost all fitness businesses fail. Like you've just, you've just hit it out of the park in so many different levels. It's kind of strange. I feel like you're jinxing us right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was just going to add too late that. For a, like, dude, you're five years we, in. It's too late for a jinx. There's, there's rare, there's rare moments. And whenever we get to do things like this, or when we get, you know, like, uh, our parties and things like that together, there's rare moments in which I get to stop and smell the roses and look around and be like, Oh man, it's so awesome. And I get all idealistic for like five minutes and then I think about all the other hustling and bustling that we do and all the other, you know, things that go into building this place. And yeah, and, and, and our relationship, which is, you know, like any relationship, it's always, it's always needing TLC, if you will. Um, but uh, like, once again, like we've, we've learned to really kind of enjoy and appreciate the process. And I've had to orient my own mindset to recognizing that like, there's going to be challenges and we just have to be prepared for those challenges and like, you know, learn the skill sets that are required to overcome them because we do have, you know, long-term visions for this place and what we want to be able to accomplish with it. And that does also mean sticking to our guns and uh, our vision with regards to what it means to have, you know, an awesome fitness service and serve the, serve the community that we have here. Right on. What were, what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen over the last five years? Oh, well, again, this is learning how to run a business. <laughs> the biggest part about having a business is learning how to run a business. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, like, I just, I just didn't have a mindset oriented towards like being financially motivated by like, I, I was just in this little la la land of like, Oh my, you know, if I, if, you know, I work with people and I train them and they'll pay me money and I'll just live my life and not really having a great sense of like what it meant to live in the real world oh, with financial sounds. pressures and, you know, what it meant to rent a facility and, and upkeep that place. And, you know, we have to make, we have to have constant dialogues on, um, what improvements we need to make, where do we allocate financial resources? What, you know, should we invest in our own coaching? Should we invest in another coach? Should we invest in equipment? Is it time to expand? Is it time to, uh, you know, not do any of that? Cause we're broke. Like these are all things that come up on a regular basis and it's constantly balancing all of that stuff and being comfortable within that, chaos is uh is something that we've like learned a lot about in the, in the past few years so i think i think going back to your initial point you kind of started the conversation swapping microphones <laughs> left and right here you, you started the conversation with uh you know we are one of the few business owners that are like truly aligned with our with our passion um i think that's kind of how our business began was it was we were always centered around like well we really love the the lifestyle we love the training um we kind of, you know, love that process in a way. So we want to like pass it off to other folks. The, the biggest, um, I guess, alarming piece or like unknown was just the actual, like the rest of the equation, <laughs> the rest of the equation. which was, you know, all the things that we weren't like super well versed on. Um, so looking back on it, it's just like, you know, when we started, we were young, we were naive. We didn't really know exactly what we were getting into, but it was probably a, a good thing because... Yeah, then you know we could kind of grow as the the business grew and and uh, kind of adapt to these things. Otherwise, maybe we wouldn't have started in, you know in the first place. So, did you um, along those lines? So, when you first started, who was your who was your very first customer? Um, I think we Probably so had we some friends or something. We like that. yeah, we opened initially like we opened in July 
of 2012. And I think we literally just had like some of our friends come in and like work out for like the first month. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, wait, this is not going to work. Like, we can't just have our friends come in here and, and work out with us. They're not going to like pay us. And one of, <laughs> one of, work. one of the quick lessons I learned was like, Oh shit. Like you have to figure out how you can tell people to come work out at your gym. And, uh, that like just the concept of marketing or, or letting, letting the world know that we exist was like something that was just, I hadn't even considered that, which is outrageous if you think about owning a business, but I just figured like people will show up and they'll decide they want to work out. But which um, is incredibly sad for me because I was a business marketing major yeah. too. So <laughs> this is what I learned formally in education. But so, uh, okay. So tell me, because I want to stay on this because this is, a, I think this is so good for people starting a business and just people, you know, who know you guys. It's just, it's super entertaining. But so that first day when you get the gym all set up, was there like an oh shit moment? We were like, oh shit, like we have all this stuff. We have to make this business work now. I think that was probably the whole, the entire first month of us like technically being open where we literally had like nobody in here. Um, There's, there are some uh, on the interwebs, uh, there are some like photos and things like that of us in the early days. Like I'm thinking of an example when we just had had nothing to do. Like, (laughs) Like the first financial investment we made in this place was to buy a hammock. That was that we would string from would hang from, from the ring, bars of there from ring to ring. One of the first accidents that or like near injuries was for me falling out of the hammock <laughs> trying to get into it, um, which was a close call because I almost hit my head on a box. Um, in any case, though, the uh, like those early days were definitely this this quick reality of like you need to figure out how you can get people in here and you can pay the rent um, and so on and so forth, which was just not on our radar prior to that. Yeah, when we had nobody that showed up for our 4.30 evening class or our 5.30 or the 6.30. We're like, well, I guess we just go home. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> as you started getting as you started getting momentum and you had people coming in and people referring their friends and that sort of thing, was there a point where you start feeling like, wow, this is really like a sustainable business. We can really make this work. Um, yeah. So one of the first things we did because we didn't have that awareness just to draw like you know, just to flood our doors or like, we didn't really know how to go about that. Like we tried some like kind of traditional marketing efforts. Like we kind of did some like flyers. We went around to places, like introduced ourselves to to different business owners and stuff like that. Um, But those things weren't really, it wasn't bringing people in like right away. Right, right, right. Um, So we decided to do a Groupon and a, was it Amazon local or something yeah, like that? Amazon local. Um, and we did, so we did like a little promotion essentially to start. We did it one time in the beginning of our existence. We never did it again. Uh, was it not a good experience or did it you was, skip like the wrong people? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, it was definitely good because it got like our initial core group. So I think that, you know, out of the couple hundred people that bought it, whatever it was, we probably saw half of those people actually like come into our facility and then I'd say from there, maybe like another like half of those people actually like stuck around was like our core. Yeah, group. it. I mean, it was all based upon the context that we were in the stage we were at at the time. Like when yeah. we didn't have any other people, we were just pumped to have a bunch of people in there. And like the the arrangement with Groupon or Amazon Local, like yeah, you kind of get you you're not getting the better end of the stick on the the financial front, but at the same time, we just wanted to get people in the we doors. We reach to you know, and, get our name out and in that like sense, that, like so. we also didn't have other members that we were going to negatively impact because we didn't have a bunch of other ne- like members. So every person that came through the door, it was just through force of 
like will and excitement for somebody to be there and wanting to, you know, be involved in our business and our, in our community and gym. Um, so we were able to put a ton of effort and just TLC into every individual, one of those relationships. And it definitely formed the, the initial bonds between a lot of the members. And we're really lucky that some of those people are still here. Um, but we also recognize that we're at a really different stage of, of growth and development. And like, I don't think it would be a part of, it would be a conversation we'd even had of, as far as like looking at that as an option again, but it's just based upon the, the businesses and the gym's maturity. Yeah. I would say from, from that standpoint, we kind of grew organically from that kind of core group initially. Right. right. Um, it was a it was a super interesting time in the in the sense that like because like Blake was saying like there was a lot of TLC to every client and we really cared about everyone. It was like oh we finally have people in the doors like right let's make the most of this type of thing. Um, it was it was almost a, a unique time because everyone was relatively new to the world of like functional fitness as well. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Whereas nowadays it's like people know about it. They've maybe dabbled different things. Yeah, they've, they've heard of it at least. Yeah. That wasn't the case in uh, in like 2012, which is not that long ago, but it, it was just a different time, I guess. Um, so that kind of changed our approach with like how we programmed, how we ran the business, because we were basically taking everyone through like a kind of an intro process, but for like it was like for the whole gym for you know months on end, basically. Right. So that was a that was a pretty like unique time, but um, I think it was also that was probably why we were able to retain a good solid core group as well, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that says a lot about how you guys approach it. All right. So a couple of questions for people who are thinking about doing this, you know, mm-hmm. so there's two of you, it's a partnership. Most partnerships do not go well. I've had several partnerships. You keep bringing that up. Yeah, I do. Because, because you guys do, <laughs> you, you guys, that because you guys have done such a great job in it. So I'm curious about your different skill sets. How has that helped your business? Like what are, how, how are you guys different in how you approach the business? How, like, what do you, who does what? That's sort of, uh, that a little bit. It's yeah. It's a, it's a funny thing. Cause I think we're very different in terms of personalities and just kind of our, our styles and everything. But then we're also very similar in the sense of like our, our visions, our, our, uh, you know, priorities, our philosophies, stuff like that. Um, I think, Jessica Blake's Blake's wife. It's so it's funny. She always says this, but she's always like, but she's also known us for a long period of time, and you know, kind of known our relationship and stuff. And she's always said like so many times, "Man, you guys are like the same person. It's weird." Um, and so I think that's partly why this relationship has has worked so well. Um, but at the same time, there's a balance there because Blake's personality is completely different than mine. So. Um, that helps to kind of, you know, create a balance, I guess. If, if I can speak to the different roles that we play as well, um, I will say that I, that I tend to start things and Eric tends to finish things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I know. Blake's, uh, Blake's the creative mind. He has all these crazy ideas just, you know. But they just come pour, in just from just every pour, Just pouring out of him from every, every uh, possible way. Yeah, but it takes, it takes like some filtering and like I do, I do tend to be a little bit more of a dreamer and I probably more of an idealist and Eric allows us to kind of sift through those things and make sure that we settle in on ideas and follow through with them in, in ways that make sense for us in an organized fashion. Um, and again, like I have a, I have a really easy time. It comes naturally, naturally to me to, to get excited about something and like initiate the process 
And then I'll run into some hiccups and some challenges along the way. And then I'm just like, I just don't have the bandwidth to like continue <laughs> trying to like problem solve here. And then if it's important, then Eric will make sure it gets done. And if it's not, then we'll just ditch the idea and <laughs> no one will ever know it existed. That's awesome. That probably, that probably sums it up pretty good. What's, um, what I really like about that is that you just perfectly described how I describe a perfect marriage. Is that like, so my wife and I are, I mean, you guys have met my wife. We are a hundred percent completely different in almost every way. Like I'm dark. She's like, she loves, <laughs> she loves to hike. I can't stand hiking. Yeah. You know, she doesn't like the ocean. She loves the mountain. We're different in almost every way, totally different personality, but we have the same vision and the same value system. So in many ways we're like the same person. We raise the, you know, we raise our girls like we're we're in lockstep in how we believe, you know, certain things, and which makes it great. It actually makes it kind of a, a fun experience because when yeah. someone is so different than you are, you, you end up, you get to see things from a different perspective as opposed to people who are like, are exactly the same. Like, I never understand that. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's basically like your, your approach to it is different. You realize that there's different, there's different ways to accomplish things or approach right. things, but then you might still be on the same page in terms of the, the big picture. So, right, right, right. Yeah. What about, um, what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out and it doesn't necessarily even have to be in, in, in this type of space or yeah, just, just in general, someone, uh, you know, let's go back to the 22 year old version of you. You have this idea. It aligns with your values. You want to create, you know, you're trying to create this life. Like what advice would you give somebody in that sense? You know, what have you learned along the way? Um, I would say the best thing is to try to go to a facility that you you kind of resonate with and I would just try to like intern or be there as much as possible do what you can to maybe um try to get a a job with them whether it's just your interning and you're kind of volunteering your time um the biggest thing for us was just like actually being in it and just going through the experiences and having to kind of like adapt and learn and um I think the, the learning process is always probably the the uh, most crucial thing for anybody. It's just always being in that state where you're just constantly trying to evolve, learn, absorb uh, those types of things. So, yeah. Are, are we speaking of like somebody who wants to get involved in functional fitness or speaking of like, like business or just, like just, just in general, in general. I mean, we can use it that as an example of functional fitness, but sure, I mean, sure. just, like just starting a business then. Somebody who's, yeah, someone who's young wants to start okay. a business and, um, they don't, and they don't, and like they let's, let's go, let's take it this way. Like, so they're uh, either stuck in a corporate job they don't like, or they're in school, they don't know what to do and they want to, and they want to start something. You guys did an amazing job of doing mm -hmm. that, of translating kind of what you believed and uh, what you believe and what you like into creating an actual business. So I'm just curious as to sure, what sure. you do. So, so on that front, I, I think that like first is just fully entrench yourself in the industry and whatever like niche you're trying to, to find your way into and, and make a business out of, because that was one thing that I had always felt super confident on. I think it's the only reason that we're still standing is because we just freaking loved fitness and loved the lifestyle and connecting with people and what that meant for our lives and supporting our community and all of that stuff. Um, as the business skill set is, it's a learnable thing. And like, how would anyone have the skills to problem solve for things they've never encountered before? Um, and also recognizing that like, there's not very, like if you're, if you're a young, young person trying to figure out how to start a, start a small business, it doesn't really matter where you begin. Um, but there's like, you're likely not to be in a position in your life where you 
you know, don't have all the responsibility and you can be a little bit more financially flexible. My assumption is unless you've inherited a bunch of money is that the the cost and, you know, like this business was literally built on a foundation of money I made from lifeguarding when I was 16 years old and waiting tables through college and then, you know, working in the fitness industry for a couple of years and and the financial risk is not as um is is high. Yeah, and uh so if that's the case, just know that you're in a position at that stage in your life when you can take risks and I am really grateful that I had the support and the confidence to be able to kind of dive in, you know, two feet in because um, I feel like it's been one of the biggest catalysts of growth for my life because there's, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And, and there's only one way to, to get into it, which is go for it. You know, yeah, I would say find, find a place that is doing what you want to do and go learn from them. Basically. Yeah, that's good. That's good. advice. Um, and that's, we're basically saying the same thing. We're just wording it in different ways, but shocker. <laughs> what a shocker. I'm much more long winded. <laughs> that doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. What, um, what if uh, what are like the three biggest lessons you've learned about running a business about being in this type of business so you've been here five years you know you've like like i said you've gone through two major remodels and really grown the business and gotten a bunch of new clients what have you learned what are three big lessons you've learned from this so far i think just trying to pursue mastery in every facet of the business is something I've, I've had to come to terms with and recognizing that it does matter that I'm attentive to detail. Like right now we're dealing with fixing this crappy radio situation. And, and I like my natural inclination is to want to just be frustrated in the process. And honestly, Eric's been the one dealing with it. I haven't dealt with it at all. Um, spent about two hours yesterday trying to figure it out. Um, but these are, these are things that like the our the business and the service that we pr- provide is the culmination of every one of these characteristics like it matters the cleanliness of uh, cleanliness of the gym matters as does the attitude of that coach as does the business financials and the way we fa- we uh structure our pricing like all of these details matter and you need to be a student of trying to understand all of the different factors that go into it and I think I, in the beginning, I was a little bit more consumed by wanting to make sure that just like every coaching cue I gave was as perfect as possible and that every uh, relationship was as, as strong as possible. But there's also, you know, a time to evaluate other considerations. And now that I feel like I'm in a really good place as far as um, having a good foundation on those things, I'm really allocating a lot of time and attention to detail on the, the weaknesses I've had in the past, which has just been on, on those other facets. So... We didn't answer the question. It was, that was one. It was, one. That was one. Okay. That was one. To sum that up, I would say one is, is balance is what he's saying, right? So having balance in all these different aspects because I think naturally we're rooted in like just being really passionate about the, uh, the service that we provide. And so we've realized over time that we have to balance other things with that. Like we can't just be really good because our coaching is, is really good. Our program is really good. You just have to pay the electric bill. Yeah, we still have to pay the bills. We still have to get our message out there somehow. Uh, we still have to communicate that clearly with people. We have to create a culture and environment where it's fun. Um, there's just so many other things that go into the the business. So I'd say balance. Um, what? That's one. That's one. Uh, what else you got? 
Uh, repeat the question for me. Just what else have you learned? What have, what three, else have you learned? three major lessons, yeah. basically. Two or, two or three major lessons. I got one. I got one. Just, just not being so risk averse. The only, I think that we get, we get paralysis by analysis pretty easily in here, especially with Eric and I, because there's yeah, two of us, everything. There, there's two of us. We, you know, you, we often share opinions on things, but we will get caught up in the minutia. Um, and the only way we really progress forward is by taking action. And so that's something I've gotten a lot better at in the last year or two is just like trying not to, trying yeah. to be like reactive, just taking, know? yeah, taking action and, and trying to prepare for the future. But the, the only way that really happens and we're successful at that is, uh, if we make it happen and it's only up to us, which is kind of a scary idea. I think it's obviously good to, to reflect and make sure you're, you're making a, a good solid decision, but we can take that kind of to the extreme, I guess, where we just yeah, keep, sure. keep talking about it. It just goes on and on and on. We don't make a decision about right. that type of thing. So, which um, a lot of people do. I mean, I see that in all, any businesses, you know, that I've worked with or whatever, like you see people do that all the time. They're like, they think about something over and over and over again, by the time the opportunity, you know, by that time, the opportunity to do that thing is now gone. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, Colin Powell once said, he just, I, I don't know why it's come up popping in my head, but he basically said like, he based everything he did in his life on once he had 70% of the info, 70% of the information, he would act on it. He's like, cause you're never going to get a hundred percent. By the time you get a hundred percent, the situation changed. Yeah. So I think that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The, uh, the last one I was going to add to that, if we need three, since for some reason you sure. decided three was the number that, well, because sense. I figured like, you know, whatever you count on one hand, we can yeah, get, well, that's true. um, if assuming you have a normal number of uh, fingers on, on that hand, point. um, with that said, I think the, the third one is really just like living, living the message that we're like trying to preach and recognizing like our growth is going to coincide with the facility, which is going to coincide with the people that, you know, the come, come in here and the, the members that we have, um, we really try to make sure that we are in alignment with the message that Stratum, you know, projects and, and stands for the, the name Stratum itself is based upon the idea that it's an ongoing process that, that is going to build upon itself over time. And it, you know, not really judging where you are in that stage of development, but it's going to inevitably be a culmination of all those things. Um, so Eric and I continue to make sure that we're investing in, uh, our own training, for example, obviously we're a fitness related business, but also trying to make sure that we are, um, when we're getting stressed out and that's impacting our, our, you know, lifestyle and our stress, we make sure that we are keeping that in check and in balance and, and making sure we prioritize what's most important to us. I would say what goes along with that for me too, is, um, just having confidence in our, in, in the service that we're putting out there. So in terms of just a lesson in, in business, I mean, I can look back to when we started and, and not that we weren't confident, but everything was just kind of new and foreign to us. And I think, uh, you know, naturally over time, you kind of find what is your, what is your niche? What is your, you know, forte, so to speak. Um, I think for us, it's kind of gone hand in hand with the rebrand. Right. And that it's almost given us the sense of like, it's renewed this confidence for us in like standing behind something that we really believe in, I guess. Yeah. That's so. cool. I mean, I think that that's so important to have that confidence, that passion for the business mm-hmm. and that willing to work hard. So can you talk a little bit more about the word stratum and what it actually means? Yeah. I actually don't know. And I know that. we use- So stratum, stratum refers to, it's, it's usually referring to uh, more of a geological sense and it refers okay. to basically stratum is actually a single layer. Uh, strata would be like the multiple layers that make something up. Oh, gotcha. So okay. it'd be like a, you know, some sort of, rock formation or something like that. Gotcha. Um, in terms of the training analogy, 
for us, it's, it's basically, um, you know, there are so many different facets that go into creating success in our environment, um, whether it be, you know, lifestyle factors, having a solid foundation in, you know, in this actual environment of training, um, you know, diet, things like that, sleep, all those things. So just trying to educate around the, you know, the many facets and kind of having this holistic approach to, to fitness, I guess. Right. Right. Um, I just wanted to add to that, that like, I think something I really firmly believe in is that we as individuals are a culmination of all the different experiences that we have and stratum to me is an analogy that reflects that as well. And your financial resources, that plays a factor in your ability to have access to good coaching and whether you're, you know, you can pay for membership at a gym or if it's an open gym model or, or something else, your experiences in exercise, you know, when you were young and in, and in your youth, what's your basic orientation? Are you someone who's really, uh, like apprehensive about pushing yourself because you're worried you're going to get injured? Or are you somebody who's so machismo that you, uh, are are like you'll like run you would you would uh yeah machismo, machismo. Uh, you would run your head through the wall if you thought that was going to make you better like both of these are going to have uh ramifications in your likelihood of succeeding um and there's a lot of different variables that go into that that formula and i think that we have a tendency to oversimplify like the the fitness industry has a tendency to oversimplify and just say like this is strength training and this is what nutrition looks yeah, like this one thing right? and, and uh i i recognize that we don't have all the answers but i also think that we as a you know a facility are recognizing how much goes into the the right, training please. the training process and the, the experience overall that that brings up a really um kind of led me into my next question because i know that you guys spend an insane amount of time on your programming and on designing workouts, rep schemes, everything to fit the community. Can you talk a little bit about that, what that's like and how you came up with your methodology and what your methodology is on that? Well, um, I mean, just like Blake was saying, it was a, it was an evolution, right? Cause everything is, it's always kind of that type of process. Um, really, I think it comes down to just recognizing that everyone has different needs. Um, they have different experiences, like he was just saying, right? So they're coming to us in a, in a different standpoint or, you know, at a different point in their life. Um, and so we have to somehow cater to all those different needs. And so I think, you know, the, the tough part for us has always been trying to bridge that gap in a group setting where you have, quote unquote, like the ideal program, because, you know, in essence, we probably don't necessarily believe that that exists per se, because it's really hard to make something where that's the best thing for everybody, if that makes sense. Um, so what we've tried to do over time is basically kind of bridge that gap where we can have so much variety built into our programs that we can actually tailor to the individual a little bit and cater to their needs. Um, have it be a little, like, I don't want to say open-ended, but to some degree, like, we're not, you know, super tied into, okay, this is what's written on the board. Like everyone has to do this, right? Because for, for you versus for somebody else, um, those things are going to change a little bit. So I, I was going to add to that. I think that our, our facility in general is really built, built based upon the foundation of the re relationship between the coaches and the athletes. We're a small to moderate facility. Um, every single person that comes in, I make sure that I sit down with them, with down with them for an hour and we get to know one another. We get to have dialogues about 
what their training purpose is, what their, you know, movement history is, what their, you know, like all these different details. And that just allows us to have a, a coaching relationship in which they come in, I can ask them how they're feeling. I know their history on, oh, this is the tendency, like their back irritates them when they're, when they do X, Y, and Z different types of movements. Let's make sure I'm prepared to give them an adjustment that makes sense for that, that individual. And that really can't happen if you're a facility that has 30 people per class. Um, yeah, because but you have a hundred, I mean, I don't, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. Cut you, I have a question. On. Sure, sure. Okay. Cause you have a hundred people in here. I can barely remember five people when I walk into like an office. How do you know that when you come in? It's just because they've come here long enough. Or are you putting that much attention into detail into? into so, so you have to make crazy. Yeah, you have to make. I mean, you it's have awesome, to make, but it's kind of nuts, right? Well, and and I will say like we don't have 110 people in a class. If we have, if we have four to 12 people in a class, that means that there might be, there's likely to be a couple people that have some some shared uh, commonalities within that. Like if we give three different options based upon. Hey, we're doing some overhead pressing. One person has poor shoulder mechanics that don't allow them to do something that's really heavy and dynamic. Maybe we can find an option for them that's a little bit more tailored to their their the demands that their shoulders need. Um, and it's just based upon your experiences over time. Like we have a group of 115 people or whatever. Um, a lot of those people share a lot of things in common. So you'll see a lot of the same tendencies arise when you have people who are between the ages of 28 and 45 that most of which live traditional li uh, lifestyles and schedules. A lot of people spend a lot of time sitting at the desk. Very few of our uh, uh, clients and members here are super uh, inclined towards competition and stuff like that. And most people enjoy it for a fun activity to do, but to do, but not necessarily for the sake of like seeking out their physical potential uh, and seeing what their body can, can do in the truest sense. So not like super competitive, uh, and that allows us a lot more flexibility because if that were the case, then we'd try to basically fit a round peg into a square hole because you can't take a 45-year-old athlete whose life is not really like designed around well, their training and expect them to have the success of a 22-year-old who does has no responsibility, lives with their parents because they don't have to pay any bills um, and expect that the training to be, to be consistent. And so it's just really about being honest in that uh, dialogue right out of the gate. Um, but I think that the vast majority of our, our membership, uh, you know, is, is here to work on themselves, enjoy, uh, uh, an hour out of their day in which they get to spend time in their own body and, you know, spend some time with their friends and maybe learn a little bit of something from the coaches. Um, and, uh, that allows us the, the consistency in terms of what we're trying to accomplish with them. To, to bring that full circle, I think what you were saying, Jim, was that, you know, how do you guys know your clients so well? Well, the program that we're kind of describing, like that doesn't work unless we do know our clients right. really well, because then we, you know, you have the ability to make those adjustments and kind of adapt to the person on the fly. Um, I think that's, you know, that's probably something just bigger picture for us and just how we approach these things. Um, we just feel as though, you know, every individual's unique their demands are going to be a little bit different than the person next to them. So, you know, how can we kind of best suit them? And, um, I think that's always been kind of our mindset and model. Um, it's just learning how to, you know, bring that to the group setting where it is the most effective for that right. environment. How much time would you say you spend on programming? Um, it's probably, it's something for us where over time it's gotten, it's gotten easier, you know, um, I can recall like when I first started writing programs and stuff, like I'm the type of person where I'm very, I'm very analytical and like numbers driven. Right, so right, right. I tend to just like overanalyze everything. Um, and it would just take me way too long to 
write programs. I would just take hours on end. Um, nowadays, it's, it's not the case because I mean, we're in a spot now where it's like you know, you've you've learned a lot over the course of five and a half years sure, on how to sure. cater to your people and everything. So uh, it's you know, it's not that much. Right on. Like on a weekly basis, if we're let's say we're writing the program for the for the group classes, and then we also have our two other programs. We have the strength class and the conditioning. I mean, it might take. 45 minutes to an hour or something to, to write that weekly program. I just wanted to add, like at, at one point I think we would have been consumed by trying to like figure out how we can, we can fit the needs of all of our entire gym population. But since I've, I've realized and come to terms with the fact that we're a really dynamic environment, like our, the, the coaching that we provide is an, a dynamic thing. If I have in mind, like if you came in today and you're like, Hey, my ankle's killing me from basketball even if I had been planning and I had perfected exactly the number of reps and what exercises and what combinations would be perfect for you, that means I have to adjust on the fly. And so in recognizing that I just have to be dynamic in that process, it, it frees us up to not get so bogged down in those details because we recognize that we have to uh, be comfortable in, in changing on the fly. Um, and because we've had a lot of experiences with a lot of people now, we're, we're confident in our decision-making and able to uh, provide a good, a good experience to, to everyone. What would you say? Um, okay, I only have a couple more questions for you. So, going on a different different tack, what are some of the really funny things that have happened to you over the last five years? So many funny things. Just um, any of them. I'm gonna. I mean, every every day. Give to you. Every day with Blake is is usually something. You know, there's there's something funny that happens. I mean, um, one that sticks out in my mind actually was a, and we were actually talking about this this the other day with the the evening class. Um, we, we were all reminiscing and having a laugh because there was one particular evening where uh, Blake found a pair of rollerblades from the uh, thrift store, and he perceived foot fungus all over. Yeah. Head. Oh, man. Which, first of all, I was like, I would never put this on my freaking feet. <laughs> I would never, I would never put my feet in those things. Um, he proceeded to put them on and coach class on rollerblades <laughs> the entire evening, and we were. Uh, we were doing some running outside. He was like chasing people around on rollerblades and stuff. That was a pretty. I want to go on record and say that I'm I'm a pretty decent rollerblader. That was a part of my uh, childhood for a year or two. But if you see video online somewhere of me rollerblading around, those wheels were made of plastic. They had a really poor grip, so I don't feel like it's a fair depiction of my skills on rollerblades. Um, so yeah, that's one. I was I was going to add to that. I think that um, bodily function is like a funny thing, and so there's been a lot of like. Like toots, toots <laughs> this, that this, could, out. this could go and, down a slippery slope. And if uh, if you've tooted in here, no judgment. Like <laughs> like it's ha- it happens to everyone. I'll probably ignore it and and pretend like I didn't hear it as to not make you uncomfortable. But I heard it. We all we all know who the king of the of the the toots are. We don't have to name names. Peter Gresham, if you're out there, <laughs> <laughs> big Pete. Um, outside of that, he's very proud of that too. Uh, man, a lot of funny stuff. I don't know. I feel like I spend most of my day my day just shooting the shit with people and having a good time. Um, one of the, it's funny cause one of the skill sets that I wouldn't have anticipated having like developed over the course of, you know, the, the last few years, besides just like logistical management of, of chaos, um, is the ability to <laughs> just like fill, 
fill just silence, utter, utter chaos all the fill time. Fill the void of silence. Like if people are going through the stretches and they're kind of, you know, they kind of came in from from their day and, and the minutia of, of their lives. Um, and they come in and they're, you know, we introduce, okay, kettlebell swings, guys, we'll do some burpees and, you know, then go do this. Like it would be really easy for that to get stale pretty quickly. So I feel like just being able to bullshit and on my feet and have a good time and make things light is, is actually been really important in my mind. And, uh, like, I feel like that's always something that I've gravitated towards and, and really enjoyed. And so it's nice to, to be able to, to get to do that on a regular basis. What's, what's really funny about that is that, you know, cause we come in at four, four thirty or whatever, and you guys always go around the room and you're always like, how you doing? How you feeling? How was your day? And Eric, every time I walk in the door, Eric, I walk in and Eric's like, what's up, man? How you doing? And it's, it just feels good. Like coming in when someone says hi to you all the time. Although you always say hi to Scott, my friend, and you're always like, hey, Scott, how you doing? How's your day? And then you look at me and you go, hey, Jim. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's okay. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So one last question for you guys. So you have a thriving business. Everything's going well. What's the future? What's the future for Stratum? What's the future for you guys? Where do you see this business going five years down the road? You know, it's a, it's a conversation that we've had more and more recently as we're still, we're still in a growing position where um, we're really happy with the, the progress we, we've made in the last few years, in the last few months in particular. Um, but we also recognize that Eric, Eric and I are 28 years old now. I've recently gotten married. Eric's getting married soon. Maybe kids are on the horizon in a few years. Like our lifestyles are changes and the pressures that, that will come with them will also change. Um, and so we're, I don't know that we have a very clear vision on like, like, do we want to ha- open a second facility or something like that? But I, what I do know is I want to continue to provide the best service to more and more people in here. And if that means that, you know, we have 50% more members and, you know, we have a really great re- relationship with them and it, and by having more members, we have the financial resources to, to put that back into the, into the, the business here, which means that we can offer more, you know, like activities and better equipment and things like that. Like that's just a natural part of the refinement process. Um, but also being in a position where Eric and I have an opportunity to just kind of like look around and figure out like, all right, well, what is the next step? Do we, do we just love spending four hours a day or six hours a day coaching and being amongst other people? Do we want to have a more hands-off role? Um, and I don't think that we, we necessarily have a defined, or at least I, I'll say, I don't have a defined decisive, this is what I want to do, but I know that I really believe in what we do today. Um, and I look forward to it growing and refining and I know we'll have challenges in that refinement, but I'm you know prepared to take them on head first. So this brought on a couple thoughts for me, just like given that answer. But, um, one was our third, our third business lesson that we never really truly right, talked about. Right. Um, and I would say I'd that ask questions on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it all comes around, right? Um, one thing that we've that we've been having a lot of discussions around, you know, in the last six months or whatever, is and specifically kind of in this in this space that we have right now, is um, trying to minimize the distractions. And so, what I mean by that is that in the past we've always been like, okay, well, what if we what if we offer this service and we have a we have a yoga service and then we have something else and we have a nutrition service and we bring in this person for this. And what we've realized over time is that we're getting away from what is our, our core service Dude, that's a great point. and message. That's a great point. And um, that's something now where, as we've been going through these conversations, we've been really trying to hone in on that, like kind of bring it back to the basics. Yeah. That's so um, smart. That's so smart to do that. And, and so 
that's been a huge focus for us in the last you know six months or so, and I think kind of coinciding with with the rebrand as well. Um, it's just been a lot of talk around okay, how can we how can we provide the 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 utmost best service for just the group classes because that's our that's our you know meat and potatoes basically. Um, and I think that we're not there yet in terms of maximizing that potential. Um, there's still room to grow on that front. So that's probably the most pressing thing for us in terms of like, you know, in the future or down the road, like in the next year or two or three years, whatever it is, is just trying to really maximize that service first. And then I think from there, we can naturally kind of make the decision of, okay, what does that, what does that mean? Are we, are we satisfied with that? Is it something where maybe we, we top, we top out at like 150 members in this, in this space and, uh, it's just a, you know, kick-ass environment. Everyone has a great time. It's a great service. Uh, we have a great community and all those things and we're very satisfied with that and we're in a good spot. That could be the case. Um, or maybe we're not, we're like, ah, we should maybe think about opening another location, you know, and, and, uh, or maybe we sell the business to Jim or sell the business to Jim. Uh, people usually want coaches who know stuff about the topic they're coaching. Yeah. So I think those things, those things will happen naturally for us. Um, we're, we're definitely not there yet in terms of like making that decision for the next, the next phase, because we still have to focus on like bringing it back to the basics and just maximizing what we have right now. And that's smart. That's smart. There's, um, you see so many businesses who don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like there was a, an article. Get distracted, who, yeah. Yeah, they get distracted. They just get they get off topic on what their core business was. I just saw something about um, uh, GoPro out of mm-hmm. Carlsbad, local company, and you know they they used to you know they used to do great, and they just took their business in so many different directions, and the stock plummeted, and they just they've been getting crushed recently, and they've sort of circled back into what their core business was. It's just smart. Get yeah. your core business down, and then you can move on from there. I um, think we could probably we could probably talk about that you know, topic for a long time because it's super easy as an entrepreneur to get distracted like Without that. Um, that's probably one of, that's been one of the hardest things for us is just like kind of honing in on that and always kind of staying the course, so to speak. Um, because there are so many different variables and things going on that it's so easy to be like, Oh, well there's this over there and there's this opportunity there, or whatever. And you kind of, I think naturally you, you have the mindset of, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to try to take on everything, right? It's like you think like, well, I can, we can just do it all. And that was probably always our mindset in the earlier years of our business to which we were just like, okay, we're just going to coach all the classes. We're going to do every aspect of the business and just grind and we can do that. And we did that for a long period of time. But then we realized over time that like, hey, we can't actually like get our message out there we can't grow our business doing it this way. Like we, we literally are so bogged down by just like all the daily activities because we're trying to do so much that it's actually just taking away from what we're trying to do. Um, so that's, it's been kind of a, uh, tough realization for us, I guess, but it's also, you know, I think it goes full circle into the whole balance thing and just trying to like, balance all those things, but just stay true to your, to your vision. So this is my opportunity for a shameless plug. If you live in North County, San Diego, (laughs) and you are interested in a fitness facility that you want to attend three to five days a week, I don't have an online program to sell to you. I don't have a class just for your, your kids. I don't have a class just for 
senior citizens, if you are of a healthy, if you're a healthy adult and want to be in an environment in which you're going to progress, then come seek us out. Um, stop with the bullshit. I know you have a number of excuses such as you don't have time or I'm busy. I'm busy or it's, you know, I'm intimidated by the training environment. Come seek us out. I would be absolutely thrilled to have a conversation to with you. We can simply discuss whether or not we're a good fit for, for one another. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say to you. I think healthy adult is a, is a relative <laughs> term, but, uh, cause we all have our issues, right? Right. 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 Our life experiences. But. What, um, uh, and so along those lines, I mean, it's, you talk about not being distracted, but brought, I was, you know, that was my last question, but now you brought up something else. You guys have been killing it on social media recently with your videos. Just killing for, it. For anybody who's listening or watching, you have got to check them out. They're so good. What is your, what's your, is it just Stratum Fitness for Instagram? Our ha- handle is just Stratum. Our handle is just Stratum Fitness. That is. Yeah, Stratum it's awesome. Fitness. You got to check them out there and check them out. Stratum on Fitness on Instagram. Uh, we have same handle on Twitter. At Stratum Fitness and then Facebook Stratum Fitness, and I'll put this in the sh- I'll put this in the show notes too. But so, um, what do you want to say? What, you know, last question. What would you say to your community so that people who come here on a regular basis, you know, that you've been, um, you've helped them. You know, you've helped all of us so much. And on behalf of the community, I would say thank you so much for everything you've done. Couldn't put into words everything you guys have done. But what would you like to say to 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 the people who are here so far? Get full depth in your squats, first of all. Uh, wasn't second, of all second of all, it's yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's you know truly like we are here to try to to serve every single one of our members, and we're constantly evaluating how we can make your experience. If you're one of our members listening to this, or, or their experience, uh, you know, as as positive as possible. And so we're constantly listening to every consideration you have and weighing against, you know, like what makes sense for us, uh, meaning Eric and I, what makes sense for the community at whole? Um, how does this in- impact everyone? So, you know, just know that we're constantly trying to continue to, to, to work on everything to make sure your training experiences is, is as successful as possible. And I, you know, have a ton of gratitude for everyone who has, you know, put, uh, put confidence in us and, and is a part of our community. And, um, you know, like, again, this can be one of those moments where I get an opportunity to stop and smell the roses for a second and just think about how awesome it is that I get to, to spend a t- spend so much time around people that, you know, love the same things that I love and challenge me on the, on my bullshit. And, uh, I just think it's a really, it's a really amazing thing that I get to do what I do on a regular basis. Yeah. I just say that, you know, we're, we're super grateful for everyone in here because obviously without them, we wouldn't be where we're, where we are today. Um, I think it's, for me, the dynamic is, is really cool because we're in a position where we can be impactful to people's lives. Um, just by the nature of us, you know, basically guiding people through their fitness journey and stuff like that. So it's, it's a really cool dynamic, but on the same front, it's like, we learned so much from you guys as well. Um, just interacting with all the different people that we have in here, all different types of professions, and they might be experts in different things. It's, it's a really cool dynamic because, uh, you know, we can take a lot from that as well. Like we definitely, we haven't been able to create this place just all on our own. That's for sure. Um, so I think it's, you know, it it definitely is, it's got a little piece of everyone in here that's kind of helped like form this entire facility and, and the culture and everything. And, uh, it's, it's taught us a lot as well. So 
I usually go out of my way to bring Jim down a peg, but I, <laughs> I think I think this is an important. I, I get I get nice and uh, nice and serious and sentimental typically. <laughs> I I think I I think this is an important time to note though that like like people like Jim and the people that come into class and are just such a positive. Uh, person interact with and is is truly like like you mold you mold the feel of the community like we didn't have 12 people even if it's annoying sometimes hanging out after 4 30 for an entire hour taking up space in in the quote-unquote lounge which is just really a part of the gym that has dumbbells and we're boxes actually, we're all sitting in the lounge right now yeah we are hi hi world if you can see this um and uh, and but truly like there there are some people that go above and beyond to really be a mold for our community and those are truly some of the most impactful people that that we have in here because they they play such a r- large role in shaping the culture and making things welcome, making people feel welcome. Um, and so, again, I think that we owe you a great deal of gratitude as well and an opportunity to talk on Thanks. this podcast. I hope someone's listening out there. <laughs> Me um, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, thank you very much. Okay, well, great. It's been great having you guys here. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Check them out, Stratum Fitness. These guys are the best. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really appreciate you guys listening in. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And you can always check us out online at heroupmedia.com, heroupmedia.com. Talk to you guys soon.